This is Dustin, and we're back. I apologize if the, the voice sounds off or anything like that. I just got some of the bands off this past week, so I'm able to open my mouth a little more, and we're back at it. Apologize for the break. Definitely didn't intend on smashing my face into a cement barricade, <laughs> uh, but that happened. And just a couple days before that happened, I interviewed the band, Houston of Dirty Rats. They stayed here, stayed in the studio on their tour. So we did an interview with the band, and my intention was to be posting this interview on this episode that we're doing right now, but doing all of that way back in uh, about a month ago, roughly. And so... I apologize, the interview is going to be probably a little bit dated, but I still want to get it out. Guys in Houston, Dirty Rats, do great things. I, I think that uh, they pretty much wrapped up all the stuff that they're doing, but they were going to be doing European tour and all that. So just bear in mind, the interview was about a month ago. Didn't do too much editing as uh, about the last three weeks, roughly, or the first three weeks after smashed my face which i'll talk more about that on the episode that will be coming out in a couple days with eric joining me but again want to do this uh it's kind of a bonus episode as it were uh just the same as we did the last time houston and the dirty rats came through did an interview with them and we're going to play some music some bands that played some shows with them while they were out on tour and we will let the interview do a lot of the talking. So we're going to get to it. The interview was kind of long. Didn't get a chance to edit as uh, I didn't get even get on the laptop and respond to too much for about three of the last four weeks. So uh, a lot of other stuff to get to. Didn't have time to really go through and edit. But those guys did a great job of uh, talking. So really not much of a need. But there's about an hour and 20 minutes interview. We're going to play four songs before, four songs after, so we're going to get right into that. Uh, I always love playing Some Kind of Nightmare. Uh, the rest of the bands, for the most part, we played Billy Bats and the Made Men. They're going to be coming up, and Orphan Riot before, too. But a couple of the other bands hadn't played before, so I was looking forward to playing some bands that we hadn't played that Houston and the Dirty Rats played with. So uh, we're going to kick it off with Some Kind of Nightmare. They played the... 10-year anniversary show with the band, Houston and Dirty Rats, there in Phillipsburg, PA. And we're going to play something off of their new release that came out in 2023, April 6th to be exact, some kind of nightmare. Uh, we had Molly and Shy on the show uh, for episode 47 way back in May of 2018. Uh, they're found on Facebook at some kind of nightmare band and on uh, Instagram at some underscore kind underscore of underscore nightmare underscore band. I apologize. Uh, Jaw gets a little tired, as it were, <laughs> to uh, keep talking. Uh, the band, the bands that are left definitely have to fight the resistance. Uh, oh, before I get there, if you want to go check out any of the other interviews we've done with Houston and Dirty Rats, you can go to episode 37.5, which was March of 2018. Episode 98, May of 2019, and then we did a part three interview with the band, which was a bonus episode similar to this, uh, just over a year ago, September of 2022. Uh, now we're doing this one, fourth interview with the band. 
uh, had all the band members and Destiny, which, again, we'll let the interview uh, unfold as it goes. So let's get back to some kind of nightmare off of Critical Thoughts that came out earlier this year. Let's play the track Everything's Okay. So here we go with some kind of nightmare. That's Critical Thoughts, or the EP, rather, Critical Thoughts, off of that. From earlier this year, Some Kind of Nightmare, go check them out. Always on tour, that band seems to be uh, two bands, you know, the band we're doing the interview with, and that band right there, some of the busiest bands you are going to find out there. Uh, Another band that the band's going to talk about during the interview, Billy Bats and the Made Met. It's been a while since we played those guys, so happy to do so again. Uh, They put out a new album on April 25th of this year, and it was called My Empire is Crumbling, band Billy Bats Made Men. They're out of Atlanta in Georgia. And that album, the new one, was produced by Joe Queer of the Queers, uh, at Billy Bats and the Made Men on Facebook, and at Official Made Men over on Instagram. Uh, The track that we're going to check out from it is called uh, Dan is Awesome, D-I-A. Great track, so... Let's get to it. It's Billy Bats and the Made Men. Billy Bats and the Made Men. 
awesome. Uh, good stuff, Billy Bats and the Made Men. A uh, lot of other tracks, that is for sure. An absolute full length there. Lots of tracks, lots of good stuff, some short ones. Go check out Billy Bats and the Made Men from Atlanta. As the band's going to talk about, uh, just before they got here to Salt Lake a little over a month ago, they played Vegas, but the day before that, they arrived back from Hawaii, played a handful of shows that were in Hawaii. And one of those bands that they played with there, we hadn't we haven't played them before, is Cause of Affliction, and that's K-A-U-Z, Cause of Affliction. They're from the Big Island there in Hawaii, and... Uh, they put out Unhinged earlier this year, June 2nd to be exact. band has been around since 2015. Uh, it's cool full length too, just barely got a chance to listen to it recently, and I like it. Uh, at Cause of Affliction, just the way I spelled it a moment ago, and on Facebook, and at Cause underscore of underscore Affliction underscore Official over on Instagram, so you can go check them out on both of those. We're going to play that track. We'll talk a little bit about Houston Dirty Rats play track, and uh, yeah, then we'll get to the interview. So, cause of affliction, money, be my friend. coming out of my ears. So much money, forget all Surgery. It only costs 10k, but now 
good stuff there. Uh, go check them out. Cause of Affliction. Uh, they're a band that like has alternating vocals or dueling vocalists, whatever you want to call it. You know, multiple vocalists. They have some where male does vocals, some where female does vocals. I like that one. Cool track. Uh, hopefully you dig it. Uh, we're now going to get to Houston Dirty Rats. We'll do the interview. You'll be able to check that out. And then we'll wrap up the show with a few other uh, tracks as well. So we're going to sandwich this with a couple of Houston Dirty Rats tracks. As you will hear in the interview, uh, the band will be doing some recording in 2024. And that is awesome because, you know, they have other tracks. You go see their shows. You'll see them perform other tracks. But... As far as SLC Punkcast goes, we've played everything they have out recorded, that, at least anything that's on their Bandcamp page. So because of that, we're going to be doing some duplicate tracks, uh, playing the, the newest one that they've released there, which, yes, we've already played. It's Froyline. Uh, they released that one on July 1st of 20, or July, yeah, 2020. And then uh, a cool one off their first EP, so kind of a last and a first and Pass Me By is that track that came out on Rat EP that came out March 5th of 2017. So we'll be playing both of those from this Phillipsburg, New Jersey band. And you can go check them out over at Houston Houston Dirty Rats on uh, Facebook. And I think it's Dirty Rats over on Instagram. I might have that incorrect. I'll correct it after the interview. I'm sure we'll talk about it during the interview as well. Let's do a track. Then we'll do the interview. Here goes... Here's four lines. Joining me now, it's Houston and the Dirty Rats again. <laughs> again. <laughs> and in person, as always. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves again for anybody who, I mean, the last time you were on the show has been over a year. So introduce yourself and uh, what you do in the band. Houston, would you like to start? Uh, sure. So my name is Houston. I sing and I play guitar. I'm Gerard and I sing and play bass. And I'm Felix. I sing and I play drums. 
And Most we have of the time. somebody else joining us as opposed to it's always been three. Always, yeah. yeah. But now it's not three. <laughs> no. I'm Destiny Hart. I run a uh, booking in Oklahoma City, Diatribe Productions, and I'm on the road with the Dirty Rats for three months as the organizer, the slave driver, and the merch person. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's three months this time, so where are you at in your three months? Uh, we are about six weeks into our three-month so excursion. Yeah. Whoa! See, when you say it like we're that... We're halfway there. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're just going to edit that part out. Could kill, folks. That's a New Jersey reference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bon Jovi, baby. <laughs> 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 what's in the water out there? Nothing uh, good. That's true. I don't know, but it makes our hot dogs good. Some lead, hot dog water, amoebas. Although I did see one of those fish from The Simpsons once. Anyhow. So you're six weeks in. Let's talk about the tour since that's obviously what brings you to my place. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> on tour. This time, you don't have any 100 days or 100 shows. I mean, you're not shirt. flying us out. I mean, listen. <laughs> not yet, right? <laughs> listen. Three months, you can do about 100 shows in 100 days. In three True. Months. That's what we did, man. We were on the road for I know. three months. And we, we so did. at the very least, <laughs> this time, we get days off. It's true. Now we have you did a hundred and a hundred days, and I remember that you had a few shows on particular days that fell through. So you ended up doing two shows, two on shows, some yeah. days to make up, right? Yeah. Matinees, matinees, yeah. matinee. Bring back the matinee. Bring back the matinee. Sunday matinees. Mm-hmm. It's true. The hardcore punk rock matinees. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bring them back. <laughs> right. What do you think? Oh, sure. Everyone <laughs> wants to come to an early show until they don't come to an early show. <laughs> I will be there. Here's the thing. They don't come to any show, so Listen, you got to give them a reason. I started shows at 8.30 instead of 9, so they're over by 11. It's early enough. So close enough to a matinee, I guess. Well, ish, ish. <laughs> yeah. It's better than 10 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to leave the venue at 12.35. We were talking about I Saw Special Duties. They were done, and I'd already bought the merch I wanted before they started, so I immediately left, and it was 12.35, and I was fucking tired. And that's why I didn't go to Slapshot a couple weeks later, because Damn. I thought, they're not going to take the stage until this time, and I'm fucking tired, and I don't want to be up that late. Here begins the war between Slapshot and Special Duties. You heard it here, the SLC podcast. <laughs> I really did want to see Slapshot. I kind of wish it was the reverse order, but to be fair, I've seen Stars and Stripes. Boston is more likely... To a place I'm going to get to then to go see special duties where they're from. Bastard. Nah, it's true. So uh, on that note, I'm going to say I guess I made the right decision. If, mm. if uh, well, the right decision would have been just to go to both and stop being a pansy. But yeah, <laughs> but I was tired. You're all, I was tired. <laughs> so these guys started their tour with a 10 year anniversary celebration in their hometown, Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Do you guys want to talk about that? It was probably the best show we ever played in our hometown. Yeah, it was well, the really, only was good a show we ever played in our hometown. Played in our hometown. We made sure I, I told them each to contact everyone they have met since they started school. Ever. So, so like, I was like, think of preschool. preschool. Think of elementary school. We don't school, care if we have school. beef with you. We don't care if we fought on the playground at recess all those years ago. You're cool. Shut Come up. to our show. Yeah, I saw people I haven't seen in like 15, 10 years. Long time. Very long time. There were some faces <laughs> that I did not expect to see and showed up. 
and it was awesome. That's great. <laughs> yeah, was, they may have bribed them with cake and pizza. So. Yeah, we yeah. had we had free cake and pizza, and there was, we had a whole like uh, a taco pinata that we filled with kazoo's, and it was uh, it was a grand old time. It was a whole uh, shebang. That's yeah. awesome. They made me put on a banana suit. Yeah, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we had Did dirt. Not, no warning. Just look what we got you, Destiny. Now, well, because you would have said you would have said no if we didn't. Fully, you rat bastards. <laughs> Bands should have a mascot like that. My friend actually was for quite some time the one that dressed up as the panda when Chunk, no Captain Chunk, would play. <laughs> <laughs> right? And when I tell people that I know the Chunk Panda, they're like, what? "Oh my god!" You, you know? What a chump! <laughs> Yo, is that band from Salt Lake? No, they're from Paris. They're from Paris. Yeah. yeah. I remember when they were on the Warp Tour. Yes, they that. came here a lot. Yeah. To quickly sum it up, uh, his brother was really good friends with the band. And so they would go over and help them when they're playing and touring, you know. And when they would come here, as soon as they would touch ground wherever, they would go with them. They usually used uh, his van that he has parked here in Salt oh, cool. Lake. And that's what they would tour with. So... Pretty awesome. But yeah. he was the panda. He was always That's the panda so cool. at the Warp Tour. I got pictures of him in the panda costume, crowd surfing at Warp Tour. I love that. So cool. The wow. world gets smaller and smaller every day, the world doesn't it? Is a very tiny, connected place. Yes. Um, so so the point is, is I mean, I don't know if banana's the right mascot, but yeah. something. See, right? if if we had a rat mascot, it would just be too obvious. Destiny. But on the nose. <laughs> See, yeah, it would be on it would be on the snout, but eventually, <laughs> eventually, we will have a rat puppet. It's definitely got to be. It's got to happen. Man. We need a puppet mascot. <laughs> well, you know, the winter months are coming, Destiny. We could just get you some paw gloves. Oh my god! They've already gotten me so many costumes. And like, what is happening with my life? Right You're now? a woman of yeah. many hats. Why do I keep signing up for tours? With we them? had her. We had her all dressed up for uh, the Fourth of July. It was fun. She was like the Fourth of July fairy. She was the America fairy. She was the American Aunt mosquito. Sam, the patriotic, the patriotic mosquito. <laughs> it was pretty wild. But yeah, so uh, we did our 10 year anniversary show, which was insane. It was such a a great time. We had uh, some kind of nightmare play with us. Awesome. Because they were coming to the East Coast and uh, they were asking me for some gig recommendations. And I said, how about you just play our 10-year anniversary? So some kind of nightmare, which is, they're pretty much Molly and Shire, like family. They are. You know, you know I, I talk, I don't know how often you guys listen to the show, but anytime we talk about bands that tour a lot... Uh, those, your band and their band are the bands that I talk about that are constantly either on tour or doing 100 days, uh, 100 shows, or because uh, we've had Molly and Shy on the show before as well, but not in person. They were driving from somewhere to somewhere at the time. That's accurate. And, that sounds about right. Molly did most of the talking because I think Shy was driving. And that's, that's very, that's very and it was accurate. In, during the drive. That is so Yes, good. it was during the drive. Yeah, exactly. And they're always on tour. And I, you obviously would know this, but anybody that didn't catch the interview, they are based out of San Diego, but they're not there that often. They don't live anywhere. I don't even think they, they live in San Diego. The highways are their home. They have yeah. some shack in Ohio that they retreat to, and that's about it. Yeah. And everywhere home in between. Yeah. Right. They've stayed at my house a few times. Awesome. They, have a key, they have a key to our house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love, I love it's my It's not shack. surprising. But, um, yeah, we had them uh, play our tenure, and then we also had uh, 
Radical Operations from Buffalo, New York. Radical. They're a, they're a real hoot of a band. Kind of like a, a like frat boy, 80s, hardcore type, silly Bob band. Bob Saget. Drunk punks Bob if you ever see Drunk them. Drunk punks. <laughs> um, hey, Steve, if you're listening, Bob Saget. Yeah, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. That's kind of like Cheers in Buffalo, New York. You know? <laughs> it's awesome. Hello, goodbye. And yeah, it's like Aloha. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that was really cool. And then we had a band called 13 Cavities that played with us at our tenure. They're like a newer kind of ska punk band cool. that's uh, been playing a lot they in the tri-state so area. Awesome. And like, I like that they're just doing what you're supposed to do when you start a band. They just say yes to every show. <laughs> and they open every show. Like, we did that, you know, like eight, ten years ago. And it's cool to see them doing that. So when we put together our tenure... They were one of the first bands I contacted to open the show. And then after that, we started our excursion down the coast. You know, we went all the way down to Florida. We fought off hurricanes. Yeah, that we, was, our that show, was interesting. We story. punched that hurricane yeah, right in the jaw. Yeah, we punched that hurricane in the face. <laughs> <laughs> they even but, recorded a couple of songs on the way down here. So we had a couple days off in North Carolina? Yeah. North right. Carolina. We got another. Uh, we got a couple singles coming out pretty soon. Yeah, we have some. Uh, we recorded with. I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> it's uh, been a while. Since it's you been guys a while. Music, it's, and I was going to ask that, so I don't have to a, ask that now. A lot of things. It's just COVID messed a lot of stuff up, and then tour schedules and conflicts and mixes not you know working know. out proper. It's just been a lot to get some new music, but we tracked some songs with Scotty Sandwich at the Sandwich Shop. In North Carolina, and like Scotty's a real riot. You know, he's the he, best. He's currently in uh, Germany, Europe, right now. Yeah, I think he played some festivals in Germany. And Scotty, if you're listening, uh, pour out a daytime nightcap for me, if you will. <laughs> daytime nightcap, the Monster Energy. Monster, coffee. it's Monster vodka. Coffee and Vodka. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's that's disgusting. Dream. I had one. I mean, it tastes fine, but then you know you feel like shit for the rest of the day. I don't know how he does it. But uh, anyhow, though, we tracked some songs with Scotty. Scotty's really cool. He, uh, I think, his label back in the day had signed Direct Hit and A Mask Intruder. And uh, he did. He's from Chicago, and he tracked the initial demos for bands like Fall Out Boy, and a lot of those like early. Like I don't know if it was Hopeless Records or I'm not super first, but I know that he was doing a lot of demos for a lot of those bands that like were huge. Like, he got he to listen us, to he the showed us, uh, a, the a original demo. Master File demo of Dance Dance by Fall Out Boy. Yeah, he showed us. He yeah. tracked. Dance Dance by Fall Out Boy in his parents' basement. That, and then they used that demo for, like, the major labels. That's cool. So, like, or whatever. So that was Hot insane. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that was really cool. So Scotty really, he's talented. He really knows his stuff. And we worked with him. And we had, because we had, like, two days off, you know. And then we continued down to Florida. And then it sucked, though, because normally we do really well in Charleston, <coughs> South Carolina. But Charleston was underwater because of the hurricane. Fuck you, Hurricane so, Adelia. Yeah, we drove through the hurricane straight to Georgia, and then like we met up with uh, Brody from Billy Bats in the Mad Men. Oh, yeah. Or Made Men. Billy Bats and the Made Men. Yep. Um, and uh, they're, they're such cool kids. You I know? love those guys. We'll probably even be like in the next, because we're going to be taking a lot of time off. We'll probably talk about it later, but we're going to be recording a lot of music starting next year. And eventually, like, I was talking to Brody about putting out a future 7-inch, like, split together. And we love, like, the Billy Bats kids. They're, again, like, when I was talking about 13 Cavities, 
um, who played our 10 year anniversary, how they're just getting out there and playing. Like Billy Bats, since they're kids, I think uh, Brody's the oldest. They might be 21 or 22 now, but I think everybody else is like still in They've been school. Doing it for, like, 10 years. Yeah, they were like children. They were like, yeah, like... I think it was was pre-pandemic when... Yeah. Uh, Bodan from Antagonizers reached out because they're all in Atlanta. (coughs) And he's like, hey, you should check out this band for your show. Like... Billy Batson, the made men, and then found out they were our kids. Yeah. There's only been a couple bands out there, like that Color Killer, which is kind of up by you guys. They're Massachusetts, I think. But yeah. They're all kids, too. No, it was really cool. Uh, and then there's Orphan Riot, which we've talked about in the past. They're from North Carolina. But uh, Brody's brother is such a good drummer. Like, he's so, like, he, I think he was, like, six when they were, like, started playing shows. And I think he's been playing drums since he was, like, four. Wow. Actually, everyone else just if you're, in, uh, if, if you're in Minneapolis, Anoka County area, uh, look for a band called Identity Crisis. Their oh. drummer's probably, like, 14. Oh, he looks, like, oh, 11, and he's crap. one of the best drummers anybody's ever See, heard. that was another one. Identity Crisis, Billy Bats, the main band. Like, they were really good for, the, like, younger kid bands, like... Like and we're talking kids, like we're like under eighteen. Like the know? the kids' drumsticks are about the size of his arms. <laughs> He's bashing away like. <laughs> but yeah, so no, we we chilled with Brody in Georgia uh, because our show in Charleston, you know, was canceled because of tor- of not tornado, but uh, a, a water tornado, <laughs> a water tornado, um, because that was crazy. And then we went to Florida. Uh, we had uh, some great shows in Florida. You know, like Vero Beach is always fun. Uh, and then we worked our way through the South. Um, we, uh, we played a show in New Orleans, which is really neat. Mm. And, uh, we met this really cool guy named Andy Baker and Andy was a drummer in a band called the B movie rats back in, I think the nineties and early two thousands. Too bad they're not around. That sounds like that's a split that should happen. Yeah. The B movie, the dirty rats and the B movie rats. The B movie rats. (laughs) Yeah, it's Rattacular. Rattacular. <laughs> and uh <Rat-a-ganza. laughs> They were like a really good rock and roll band and stuff. And Andy was super hospitable. Him and his wife, Holly, I believe. Holly, right? yeah. Yeah, him and his wife, Holly. They really took good care of us, like cooked his breakfast and stuff in New Orleans. They gave us a connect in LA. So how they got the show in New Orleans was not by booking it, because New Orleans is a wasteland for booking apparently like no one gets back to you so they just showed up and we're like well we'll just ask the bands or the sound guy if we can just play and that's what happened the headliner had canceled and so these guys just slid right in and played as Brad often do yeah at Santos bar (laughs) here's the thing like that's just that's a very normal occurrence for the dirty rats uh, we just show up and kind of strong arms, sleuth our way in. Hi, we, you know, we heard that you have a show tonight and uh, we have all our equipment. Can we play, please? Nine times out of ten, it yeah, works. Yeah, it's like kind of like a guerrilla tactic. I know, uh, I think last year I might have talked on your uh, podcast, but <laughs> probably starting next year and the following year, like I'm going to be working on a book <coughs> about touring and like how to like start a band, right. buy a band, and try and I think world. we talked about it on the first interview years ago, like probably was it 18 or 19? Yeah, it's something I've had in the works for a long time. I really want to write this book. And one of the concepts I was going to have is like when you're on the road and like a show just doesn't happen. Like let's say it's like you have a bar and then maybe the bar gets back to you too late. And like they, you, let's say sometimes you even talk to the bar on the phone and they're like, it should be good. Mm. But then they finally get back to you and they're like, date's not available. And you're like, 
well, it's six weeks out. Maybe I can find a house menu or something. But then a house falls through and then you're just there and you're like, well, what do we do? And you see that there's a show that's happening with like two bands and a TBA or maybe a three band bill and it's like a Friday or Saturday. And sometimes you can just walk in and be like, hey, um, can we open the show possibly? We're on tour. We're from super far away. And it's just like a guerrilla tactic. You got to kill them with kindness. You can't just like <laughs> expect people to like... Give me a show. Yeah. But no, that was really cool in New Orleans. And, we, and like Santos is like a really neat like goth bar. Oh I thought God. it was more of a rock and roll bar. Kind of like bar. Aces High. But. Uh, Aces High has... Afro man playing too. there in a couple days. I guess so. Eric was telling me and I pulled it up funny enough, like five minutes after we talked, Instagram very first thing is Afro man doing a video talking about Aces High and the name Aces High that Eric was talking about. That's hilarious. Phone's not listening to me, but it's funny that uh, that that's like a metal punk bar, yeah. as you guys know. Oh yeah, no. high it, and Afro Man will play anywhere. And Afro Man <laughs> is going to be there. <laughs> Afro anyone. Man's the kind of guy who could barge in and say, "Give me a show," and they would do it. They, uh, he wouldn't have to kill him with kindness. Aces High <laughs> exactly. is the coolest rock and roll bar in the United States. It's like it happens to be in Salt Lake. You would think it would be in like L.A. That's or, where Slapshot played. You know, Oh, really? Yeah, that's where oh, Special yeah. Duties played. Right on. That's where Hub City Stompers played. These are oh, bands right that I've had tickets to just in the past couple months. Anyone right on. Anyone, right? No, yes. maybe Aces one day we will. A great rock venue. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyhow, we were working our way through the South, and then we got to Texas. We played some Texas shows. We, uh, over the last uh, few years, like post-COVID, um, there's been a really good scene developing in Houston, Texas at a venue called Trip Six. I think we mentioned it last year on the podcast. Okay. But Trip Six you love them. is amazing. You know, it's really kind of like a Gilman Street experience. Cool. You know, where it's a real DIY, like all ages, underground, BYOB venue that really fosters this community and family element. And like... It's a punk rock venue, you know, so it's like, it's, it's dirty and grimy and it's got stickers on everything and these crazy murals, but it's, it's like, I got, was, when we played our show, we played an amazing show. It was, I believe, a Wednesday night, Tuesday night, played a Tuesday night. It was a Sunday night, wasn't it? Was it? No, no. <laughs> no. No, it was, it was, it was a Tuesday. Yeah. We played a Tuesday night and we played with this band called Rotten Reputation from Denver and they were phenomenal. They were so good. Like, oh, so, such good. Shout like, out to you all. Yeah, they were so great. Especially B, because we're both drummers. They were <laughs> like a uh, queer core, ska, hardcore band. So good. So good. And we played with them at Trip Six. And it was just a really good turnout. And everybody was so just kind and supportive the music was great the crowd was great like people were pushing each other around (laughs) in shopping carts and wheelchairs yeah so that was that was definitely one of like like working our way down the coast and everything besides our tenure that was like one of our favorite shows of the tour so far and then we worked our way through texas and then went to mexico for the first time because we've been a band for 10 years and we finally 
wanted to it just keeps unfolding yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like and then and then yeah i mean and it's like and then, and then. i know man. <laughs> it's just the tip of the iceberg just, man that was all within like the first two weeks oh man exactly so then like we're working our way through texas <laughs> we played uh we picked up a show in harlingen uh and there are homies where in harlingen texas it's um it's like it's like is it is it pronounced Harlingen? Because yeah, like, I always called it Harlingen. I don't but know. that's probably wrong. I, could I don't be know. Totally wrong. I have no idea. I'd have to see it because I could, can't even picture the letters you're describing. Yeah, it's near, it. it's near Brownsville, Texas, and we played with our homie Marcos from Terroristic Threat, and uh, Marcos was so so cool, so good to us. Um, there was this band called the Do It's that was kind of like a fat record style skate punk band. And they played with us in Harlingen. And like Marcos put us up for the night and gave us a lot of information about crossing the border because Marcos had played in a band in Matamoros, like like had crossed the border and went to Matamoros, I think last year. And that's what we were doing. We played a show in Matamoros, which was insane. Matamoros. It was like this, like. It was a sort. Of, it was like a church that had been like gutted, it, or at least it looked like a church had been gutted. And then there was the altar or the stage, and that's where we played. There was no power. It was hot as balls. And oh, that like, wasn't a church. Yeah. Oh sure. no. What was it? Um, he literally came up to me afterwards. I'm like, so what was this place? He's like, um, the American word syndicate. And I'm like, like, <laughs> like crime syndicate. He's like, yeah. And I'm like. Dope. Yeah. So, uh, it's bad. Literally dope. So, so yeah, like so literally, <laughs> um, pretty much an old cartel warehouse. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. And then the <laughs> the paint inside of it was uh, uh, it was very similar to some scenes from that uh, Pixar movie Coco. Okay. Because there was a lot of this really interesting like traditional Mexican paint work. And it was surreal because here's this old warehouse with like these interesting like geometric patterns and it's an old dingy drug syndicate. <laughs> and then there's no AC. There's like one working outlet in the venue. Um, we pretty much, it's so humid from the Gulf that I literally, after the set, I told the guys that I think we have officially played underwater. So last, so last tour, so last tour we played a show in Lincoln, Nebraska. It was basically uh, it was at a place called the Game Room, I think. Oh, uh, um, or the Swamp. The Swamp. They, the swamp. they were okay. in the process of fixing whatever. Yeah, name. yeah. You go upstairs. It's basically a basement, but upstairs, so it's, it's it's all sorts of hot. And like there was one case of water, and we thought that was the hottest show we've ever played. But then we went to Matamoros. <laughs> Matamoros. <laughs> Both days were over a hundred degrees. Oh yeah. man, Matt Morris was insane. The promoter was super cool. His name's Sylvester, and uh, he has a production company called uh, El, Diablito. El Diablito. El Diablito Productions. Cool. And uh, and Sylvester was great. Does he, not speak a word of English. Not at all. Yeah, and that was a very. <laughs> <laughs> we had to use Google Translate to navigate, and and, it, and then we were in Matt Morris, and our phones. They say that we have unlimited call, text, and 
all that jazz in Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. But we're in Mexico, and there's like no service. It's like it's like we had service. You have unlimited. You just have to find it. You just gotta find <laughs> it. Yeah. But that was crazy. It's unlimited so like, when you get one bar. We have like one bar trying to translate with our phones what Sylvester is saying. And it was bad because like he speaks flu. I mean, all those guys they speak fluent. Uh, Spanish, so they're talking like a mile a minute, and like the Google Translate, you can't even can't even pick up on it fast enough. It's L tacos. Thanks, Google Translate. But it was wild. Like he hooked us up with a hotel, which is awesome. And like I thought we were kind of getting ripped off with the hotel deal, but I wasn't complaining because they said it was like five hundred and fifty pesos. But so yo, that was like thirty dollars. Yeah, thirty dollars. And we, like, when we did the conversion, we were like, hell yeah, brother, thirty bucks. And it was like this no tell motel. It had three like single Golden beds. Good lord. Yeah. The door, the, door the, didn't door didn't the door didn't lock. We had to barricade it with the TV stand. But listen. Yeah, we put the dresser against the door. Yeah. For $30 a night, what do you expect to pay for it? See, you got what you paid for. He was happy, it though, because AC he got to freeze his butt covered, off. Hey, the AC's a bonus, That's right? what mattered, man. I was so cold. It I was mean, like, it was freezing, and it was actually very cold. I mean, he was happy. He was happy as a clam. I probably paid $100. For just a small six, like six foot five box that I could just put myself into freeze. Because it, especially like, I'm gonna get walked, one of those like one of those morgue vaults for you. For real, <laughs> yeah. I need to be cold. I need to feel like I'm dead. Like that is the be- that is the best way to sleep. Yeah, nice and cold. For the like following day, they went to Mat- uh, to Monterey from Matamoros. Oh, that was so, so you cool. know when you look on a map, you're like, all right, yeah, that's just like the next you know major city. No big deal, right? Wrong. Crossing when locals give you a big eyebrow raise, like, "Oh, you're gonna drive to Monterey from here." Cool. Good luck with that. (laughs) Yeah, they uh, like we crossed over into Nuevo León, which is the state where uh, Monterey is, and like we got we got through. We're probably about like an hour in, something like that, or maybe thirty minutes. And then this, there was a border patrol kind of a kind of a guy, and it was like, "Do you have your permit?" It was like. Permit or what now? <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, you need like if you have a certain vehicle, if you're not from here, you have to like get a permit to cross state borders." So we had to drive all the way back up towards McAllen, Texas, go to the border, get the permit, and then we somehow, by some miracle, drove all the way back down to Monterey in time for the show. It was insane. Like a three so hour like, hiccup. Yeah. We're used to Texas border patrols, so like like in immigration and all that stuff, uh, uh, and those are pretty simple. They're like toll booths. You just pretty much drive through. Right. Talk to you. No, not in when you're driving through uh, Mexican states. That's just pretty much you show up and it's just like sandbags, a little wooden shack, guys with automatic machine guns, and just they Los just federales. Talk, and they're like, they're like, hola, and you're like, hi. <laughs> so, and we had went through. We had went through like I think like three of them, and then we finally, as Felix had said. We are we were about an hour and a half from Monterey, and the guy says, "Where's your driving permit?" And apparently, when we crossed into Matamoros, they searched the van. We went through the whole process. It wasn't that miserable. Uh, they made us like open everything. Okay, up. Well, Gerard. They made, us, they made us open everything we had to up in Matamoros. All the gear, open up everything. It took about an hour. 
Oh, I don't wow. know. I yeah. felt like we were cut, we should have kind of expected it's just that so though. We didn't. We, they didn't like detain us or anything. I've definitely had some like worse border. You know what? I'll tell you what. Mad respect to the Canadians. It was done faster there. I guess. <laughs> but anyhow, um, when we got searched, when we entered Matamoras, they probably, I think it got lost in translation. They should have gave us a driving permit. Or we should have bought one online. But we didn't know. I thought since we got searched and I was talking to all the federales and stuff like that, that we would have been given it, like the little thing to put in the window. But no. They just, because it was a border town and you don't really need the driving permit for, uh, border town. for border towns because you can just cross over. Monterey's in Mexico. Like, it not quite the heart like of Mexico. You but. Should, this is something you should be adding to your book. So make sure you take notes mm-hmm. oh, yeah. so you can add this into the I book. Wanna, because I wanna, this seems like something people should. I want to have out. a book about like uh, crossing borders and like international travel after. He's like, I've for the last like eight ten years, I've mainly worked on like the U.S. and stuff like that. But eventually, as I get a better grip on international travel, I want to do another book on that type of stuff. But yeah, no, for sure, this was like it was insane because we had been on the. It was I think a three or four hour drive to get from Matamoros to Monterey, and like I said, we were only an hour and a half away. And then they made us drive an hour and a half north to Mission, Texas, which is near like McAllen. And then we crossed over the U.S. border and then they searched us. And then we're talking to the U.S. guards and we're like, hey, we're just trying to get like, because we, we were told that we had to go to the U.S. border to get the permit. They were like, and then they we said, don't know what, well, you got to go to the Mexican side to do that, man. We had to go to the U.S. side, God damn it. it. was basically the biggest game of go ask your mom, go ask your dad we've ever played. Yeah, and then we're in, Me- then we crop, then like after they've searched us and everything, like I think they're still, they were, I think they're waiting for their drug dog. Because we had, had been searched by two drug dogs already at different checkpoints with the guys drugs. with machine guns. <laughs> and anyhow, they were waiting for their dog in the Mission Texas Border Patrol thing. But then finally we're talking to the guys and it's just like, hey, we have a show tonight. We're trying to get this permit. And they're like, wait, you're going back to Mexico. And I'm like, yes, we need this driving <laughs> permit. And they were like, you know what? Screw the dog. Just how about you guys just go back? And, they were, and we're like, how do we get back? And they were like, Right that go that way. We were like, and they're like, you really are going back. And we're like, that's what we're trying. Yeah, we're, we to came do. all the way back up here <laughs> just so we could get this permit. That and you were now telling Tell us, us we, we have we to go over to the it. Mexican side. So then we get to the Mexican side, and we're trying again, like to use Google Translate to talk to different. We're trying to find that that permit people, and then we finally get into the office, and they give us the like. We're t- I'm talking to someone about the driving permit. But they didn't like my... So the gentleman we were talking to, uh, he had to inspect the vehicle for for its specifications. And we were just too heavy. So basically, we had to to bribe them. (laughs) Yeah, we pretty much had to bribe the federales because the whole thing was there were two strikes against us. Our vehicle was too heavy. And then secondly, uh, because of COVID... I have a registration that I printed out at home two years ago. This because was, they, they wanted, wanted like the official mailed one with the seal. To the DMV to get a registration. I just have a, a printout one, which has never been an issue in the states. But because we were going to another country, they wanted the official registration from the state, that and I was like, I couldn't so get sad. that. 
because of COVID. You know, I'm amazed then, you made it to your show. Yeah, and then we finally listen, yeah, after, after all paying, of that, listen, that was after an paying, eight hour ordeal. Yeah, after paying four hundred dollars to bribe the federal, we make some something some of that back. Man, yeah, right? so. Here's the thing. We had a, an incredible crowd in Monterey. Oh, After that all of that, and we got no money. That was, it, was not, <laughs> it was not a paid show because that, they did not have a ticketed event. They played to a free crowd. That was, so, that was the worst part. Did like, you we sell finally, a lot of merch? Well, here's the no. thing, though. We finally, like, I feel like you no, kind of... We gave away a lot of stickers. Line, but I would say that, like, we finally, like, we're racing. We're like, all right, like, we're going to get there. I think it was, like, 30 minutes before load-in. And we were like, all right, we went to Mission, Texas. We went to the, the Federales. We got the driving permit. We're getting there. And then you're driving through Monterey. They weren't even jug handles. They were flat-out donuts. You would just get off a highway exit, and it's like round they and were, round. Like they were basically U-turns. Like a marble and a kid's playset. And then we finally, <laughs> and we finally get to Monterey, and then Monterey is like super populated. We're driving through these roads, and it's like we haven't been to India yet, but it kind of felt like India. Like there's just flocks of people walking everywhere it's a saturday night and it's like five or six people every like square inch i mean houston you've driven in new york it was uh, <laughs> we, we haven't really driven through new york. i mean i've driven in a car but not in the van the driving in a so van terrible. with just like cars double parked on both sides with people like zigzagging everywhere and then we finally get to the venue which is called uh club iguana and cool it was this place. amazing Venue. The like best part about uh, Cafe Juan is the fact that the, the way that it's set up is that there's the bar area over here, there's the main stage, which was having another show that night, and then in the middle of those two is the second stage. So people trying to get drinks to come back to the main stage, they have no choice but to listen to the second stage. It's phenomenal. So we had an incredible crowd, and we, and and they, we, we got no money out of it. A lot of, uh, a lot of the audience like, pretty much stayed for our whole set. They asked for an encore. It was pretty insane. And apparently you, know, you was, never get an encore at Cafe yeah. Juana. They were like, uno mas, uno mas. That was amazing. And that was insane to have the whole audience. And like, I was going to say, at, after the whole ordeal, not getting paid really kind of sucked. But it was probably the best Mexican experience we could have asked for. Like, it, it happened to be that weekend was uh, the Mexican Independence Day. Oh, cool. Uh, because that was the whole thing when we were in Matamoros. There was a bunch of like guys our age and a little bit younger in their like twenties talking about um, how much they hate Cinco de Mayo. They're like, dude, that's some American shit, bro. Like, we don't believe in Cinco that. Cinco de like, Mayo is, is, is an excuse thing. for Americans to get drunk off Patron and eat tacos. That's yeah. it. Because I guess their Independence Day is, I, I guess, like the September sixteenth, something. I thought like that. I think it was the night of the thirteenth well, into the fourteenth. At midnight, so it was. On the 16th, but at midnight. So right. it was like the night of the 15th when they played. Oh, yes. That because was they the celebrate 15th. at midnight, unlike, you know, our 4th of July, our Independence Day was celebrated like, you know, 2 p.m. afternoon hot dogs. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was cool because we played like the 15th, like uh, it was September 15th, we played Matamoros, but that night started a lot of the festivities for the Mexican Independence Day. And then when we showed up in uh, Monterey, you know, it's full blown. Mexican Independence Day and there's just flags everywhere and colors and music and the whole city is painted in all these beautiful pastels That's and then awesome. uh, even the next day uh, we wandered it was like the whole weekend was Mexican Independence Day and they had like this whole market and we went through this whole like little like Mexican like kind of like flea market 
Like also, everybody. I'd say ninety percent of everybody who lives in Monterey is gorgeous. Uh, everybody were beautiful. beautiful. The men, everybody. the women, they were all gorgeous. The, the women were beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. They had bows in their hair. Oh, yeah, well, they have ugly personalities, so I mean. Ah. No, that's just American chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then we... Uh, we Shout out to Pistol Pete. It. <clears throat> we booked it at a Monterey, and we went to Laredo, and uh, we played... Uh, like Laredo's just starting to pick up and have seen like shows again after the pandemic. I guess that a lot of the border restrictions have been hard since pandemic, and I guess even some stuff under like the Trump administration, because uh, they were telling us that what was really neat is in Laredo since it's so close to what is it Nueva Nueva Laredo, which is pretty much uh, I guess when uh, Texas became a state. Um, so many people that were of Mexican descent that lived in Texas were just like, screw that. And they left Laredo and then they formed like new Laredo in Mexico. So it's interesting with it being so close to each other and having a city right above the, right across the border that you can walk to, whether it's America or Mexico, apparently the bar that we had played before COVID, before a lot of the border restrictions it was kind of like playing Mexico on American soil. So the guy, the promoter was telling us that it's just things are starting to pick back up. And it was kind of sad, though. It, it looked like you walked around this. It really did look like a ghost town. It kind of looks like a ghost town currently because a lot of businesses had to close because of the pandemic and stuff like that. But it was really there was a time where just the whole city of Laredo was like like 50 percent, 40 percent was a lot of just. Mexicans coming over to buy like American goods and support American businesses and all that stuff and uh, The promoter there was so cool because he said that in the past like You could be on American soil and pretty much play Mexico, you know, you'd have a lot of Mexican uh, Like all like because a lot of times like I feel within the Mexican culture They care a little bit more about live music sometimes like a lot of Americans they're jaded to it and it's like Latin culture just they really like music. That's why there's so many like Latin punk rock bands and rock bands and stuff. Shout out to Berto. Yeah, Berto. Berto, who uh, was the promoter in Laredo, and he was yeah. so cool. And then Friendly guy. we started heading west, you know, worked our way through Arizona's and stuff like that. Yuma is such a great city. Uh, Yuma, Tempe has a great scene, too. Uh, but Yuma is wild. They have like the scumbags there and the scumbags are kind of like uh, uh, a production company slash drinking buddies. They all have like <laughs> matching vests and they're so cool. And it was great to link up with them because we hadn't seen those guys since uh, we had been on the 100 Shows tour. So it had been a while, you know, because that was back in 2019. And then we played, I think, again, one of our best performances of the tour we played a show in san diego we played a really good show in san diego on a friday night uh, it's called the bancroft yeah the bancroft. and that guy what was it ron the owner uh rob rob, rob. yeah rob was they so said cool rob, the owner and i was like we're probably not gonna rob the owner but, <laughs> but uh rob the owner of the bancroft was so cool he gave us like rob the owner of the bank is that what uh, you just uh, said uh, bank, uh, <laughs> bancroft right croft bancroft <laughs> Uh, no, he was so cool. He what, gave us I've never been to a, a bank called Roft before. What <laughs> was that? But yeah, he gave us t-shirts. He gave us taquitos. 
Tequila. Uh, because we made jokes on stage about how like I was going to eat Houston. Yeah, we we had had a lot of like just <laughs> uh, eating canned beans days and and not a whole lot of food, and we just made jokes about eating each other on stage, and then Rob put a bunch of taquitos. On the the you could change our awesome. name to Houston and the Donner Rats real yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> and it was wild too. Apparently, uh, a San Diego local is this guy Oz, and he was at the show. And Rob was like, "Do you know Oz? He played drums for some kind of nightmare." And I was like, "I know Oz. Oz has the record for being the longest some kind of nightmare drummer in history. Because normally, a, normally a drummer would go out for like." Six weeks, two months with him. I think Oz did two years straight. Wow! He was just he was just when he has the (laughs) longest record of playing with uh, some kind of nightmare. So like, I took a picture with Oz, and I was like, "Holy crap! This is like the legendary like scoundrel, you know." And uh, so San Diego was rad. We stayed with what was his name? Adam. Adam, yeah. I made friends with Adam. Is he's the new drummer for uh, Millions of Dead Cops, who I just toured with this spring. So and Adam was so good to me. We were like fast friends, and so being on the road together for like five weeks, I was like, who do I know in San Diego? One person. I was like, Adam, we're having trouble finding a show. Do you know of anything? And he's like, I got you. Let me hit up my buddies at the Bancroft bar and got us on a show. So then awesome. he put us up, him and his girl Jessica, and it's like, all right, San Diego, hell yeah. <laughs> he's got, he has yeah. the nicest, like, like I've met some very nice cats. His cat was a fucking he sweetheart. He's a nice kitty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying like some nice cats. Like you're just like, like he's a, a cool cat, man. No, no, no. I mean, oh yeah, he he is a cool cat, no, but Calliope his cat specifically. Was adorable. Yeah. Shout out to Calliope. His name was Calliope. Yeah, that's wild. Always no, no, it wasn't name. Calliope. It was um, Carousel. No, Car- <laughs> no, uh, Calipers. Uh, no, no. That's the word. Yeah, man, change the calipers on the cat. <laughs> so now we come to the Hawaii portion of the right? segment, which is just a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because ago. pretty much we uh, we. So we've done about five weeks of tour thus. So far. So, so after far, San Diego, yeah. we I think we tried to play. Uh, we. we, we did play a show in LA? Yeah, we played a, we, a show in LA. We played a show in LA, and then we hung out with a, a friend of ours named Derek, who uh, um, the the guy from oh god, I'm yeah. already forgetting the band name. Yeah, Derek was the singer in that band, the B Movie Rats. The B Movie oh, Rats, okay. and, and he's also the drummer in New Orleans, and then pretty much like the drummer hooked us up with the lead vocalist who had been in the band who lived in LA. Cool, which was super cool. He's, it's hard to find a place in LA, and like Andy, like is like a dude in like his mid fifties. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we we ended up staying there for like three days. You're looking in the wrong place, then, man. There's a lot of places in LA. Isn't it's it's oh, hard. Sure. LA can be kind of you know it's it's LA. You know that's all I'm gonna say. You know. But, You're so nice. Uh, we we stuff. spent about three days in LA just hanging out, going they were to so see. So kind to put us up for half a week. We're yeah, like, we don't have anywhere else to go, and so like they they put us up, they fed us tacos, and waiting to fly to waiting you know, to fly waiting to fly to Hawaii. To fly to Hawaii. Did, where did you park your van? We can talk we about that. We should have oh, parked geez. it with Derek at his house in in like the hill country. Which is wild too. The problem is, is is that like no like parking areas around LAX have the clearance for our van. Like our van is about like eight foot four to eight foot six, something like that. Everywhere it's like eight foot two. Because it sure as shit wasn't eight foot two. No, it wasn't eight foot two. Or any parking structure 
anywhere yeah, in LA. Yeah, exactly. Moby's got a lot of junk in the trunk yeah. and a big old head. So like, he's very tall and handsome. Trying to fit <laughs> Moby anywhere is never. We almost didn't make it to the flight. Oh no, we it had was, to it was scramble. Great. So it was we were this close, and when I mean this close, we arrived I mean, at the like, gate five minutes before. Board. We were so lucky that TSA. I will say for all of the problems LAX has. The TSA there is so efficient. We were oh in and God, out of there like five minutes. And there was a line. So fast. It, it was a whole fiasco because originally we thought maybe we would just leave it with Derek. But then the time that our flight was going to land, we thought, well, he, he works He'd early in the morning. The we thought it wouldn't work. Yeah. So uh, his wife, Lisa, who was super cool to us the whole time. Lisa recommended that we would go to the flyaway, which is like a shuttle to LAX, which in theory seems like a great idea. It should have worked. For future flying. And it's like, all right, that's a good plan. Well, it's only if your vehicle is eight foot two and under. Exactly. (laughs) And there is an outside part portion of the, the like surveillance parking thing but you have to get through the freaking garage so like even though there's there's part of the parking that has no roof and no clearance or anything you have to go through the eight two clearance we were like what the hell because we were talking to people and this guy was like kermit the frog that was no he was the muppetiest muppet i've ever met in my life (laughs) do an impression gerard what was it like talking to this guy we're in such a hurry (laughs) well so what you gotta do is you gotta park out front, but you can't, cause you don't have a handicap placard. Oh my god! And mm. he talked real, real slow, slow. And we have just like, like this. To it was like talking to fucking Droopy. Yeah, it was. He was like Droopy. That's it. He was Droopy. I don't know. It was ridiculous. Wow. Because here we are. It's four in the morning. It's like the one scene in Fear and Lonely in Las Vegas. Well, all is right. It was like 7.20. And it was like 6.20 in the morning. So we have like an hour. To and we're all tired well, was, and grumpy. Was, and we're like, well, we, we're we didn't sleep that well. It was, it was rough because the whole thing is, so we go through the whole thing with the flyaway. And then as Gerard did the impression, he's like, <laughs> Well, you can check out the air towel. The air okay, towel. Okay, great, thanks. Can <laughs> you, you shut the fuck up? It was like, dude, all go. right. So then I, I look up the air towel. We're like two minutes away. I show up there. Oh, good and then Lord. freaking the guy, the manager that we would have to talk to about our van and stuff, he didn't get there till 7.30. We were boarding our flight at 7.30. So we are like, geez. So I just give the guy my <laughs> Just wait a minute. Destiny's decision. Destiny's... Her telephone etiquette on that one was phenomenal. No, she yeah. she absolutely she was like, oh wow, jeez, uh, that's wow, exactly that's, really awesome. that's what exactly what her boarding is. We have to be on a plane at that time. <laughs> that is not gonna work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we show up. They take all my information. We leave my van with them, and then we pretty much uh, they take out orders. his license, the 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 license plate, all the info. And we think we're fine. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we're just we hoping for we the best. Fine. We parked. We parked the van 
backed it against the wall. We're like, we have to head to the airport. You backed it up there. against the wall. We saw you going in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out. And I got to park it over here. We're like, the Uber shows up. Back this car up. We're picking his ass up all the way down the lane and getting it. Well, it sucked because the guy there told me that since you are going to be parked here for five days while you're in like while you're on the airplane and stuff make sure you park it far enough out of the way and then i saw a wall and i'm like i'm gonna park it out of the way and against that wall so no one can like rip off our equipment the uber to take us to the airport late they showed up in like the nick of time we were very thankful for that but we we all like jam ourselves inside the uber and we're and and we're just standing there waiting (laughs) he's going back and forth hang on a minute this guy disappears i'm like looking around i ran into the the hotel i had to poop (laughs) i had to poop with the cowboy hat go he's like oh he just ran to the bathroom and i was like yeah, because look, like, I came out in time. <laughs> I came out in time. I had to poop. You, were, I wasn't gonna deal with an Uber while shitting my pants. <laughs> so, like, it's just so much happening again. At this point, every minute counts. It's like I'm there talking to this clerk. When I get in there, the clerk was in the bathroom and had to wait for him. Yeah, and then he'd take my my license and all that crap. He disappears, vanishes evaporates into the bathroom where he went through. I come out. I'm trying to back the van against this wall. I told you. No, no. You guys, I told you that I was going to the bathroom. I heard. Uh, Dude, there were so many things. We didn't know where we were. We were like, Felix evaporated. So, (laughs) hey, have you ever heard of Murphy's Law? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. not the band. Murphy's Rats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And then we're we're getting, we're in the Uber, we're on our way to the airport, and we just, we get to the airport and just like, Destiny's like, I'm going to check the bag she checks our our like yeah all i sent them merch. ahead and i was like all right i'm checking this bag in because i don't perform so like i'm like you guys have to get on that plane i'm gonna check the bag so and they rush through and then we all kind of end up at, at through the the Gate tsa at, like it took like five minutes to so get through it was amazing it was amazing so after all that stress like being in bumper to bumper traffic in the uber and freaking like Destiny went to go check the bag with all our merch and stuff for Hawaii. And then we're like, all right, we just need to get through TSA and we just need to biting our nails, clenching our teeth. And then we need to get on this plane. And shaking our legs. 30 minutes to spare. Yeah, we were pretty much through TSA. We had time for coffee. It was insane. <laughs> it was amazing. And all the running and all that stuff. It's like the final climax. Like, well, we got to get to the plane. And then I just passed out right on the floor. He did. Like, he, he was, was like literally... lays in the ground at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing hysterically. Like, <laughs> we made it. And everyone's like, are these psychos? We, lo- we look like the end of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, <laughs> No, because it was our, our flight was at 7.20 and it was like 7.10. And I was just like, how? Yes. Amen. <laughs> Woo! And we still ended up waiting probably another 10 to 15 oh, minutes yeah. on top of it. Because, and then be, and then you know, it's an airport. Yeah, right? or 30 minutes to board because we boarded last, you know. But... Pretty much. We're hey, like, they, we're going to Hawaii, goddammit. Yeah, they <laughs> we're going to Hawaii, and we're going to enjoy it. You're going to Hawaii, you're going to like it. <laughs> it was. Our, don't make me turn this plane around. <laughs> it was our first of like, I don't know, it was like three or four planes. It was insane. Because we got on that plane, and then we flew to Maui, and then we played Gorgeous. a benefit on Maui. We slept on a record. black sand beach. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Because like, we, we got in the van, of course, but a, like. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking Chrysler Pacifica. <laughs> Try sleeping five and a Chrysler Pacifica. Oh, four. There's only four. Try sleeping four.
four in a Chrysler Vista. Oh, oh, that's that's Gerard's imaginary friend. Get Gerard's big fat base. (laughs) (laughs) It counts as a whole other person. (laughs) uh, It's about as tall as one. The size of a child. (laughs) Our first, our first island was was Maui. And it was uh-huh. great. And I remember. But, Let's uh, talk we, about those roads and yeah, all those one-lane bridges. That. So, like, we, oh, that was fun. We get, we get to Maui, and then it... <laughs> you want anxiety? <laughs> you want anxiety? Uh, we get you to Maui. You didn't have it before, but you have it now. The relaxing highway to Hana. Yeah. We, <laughs> we pick up our, our, our Chrysler Pacifica minivan, and I'm, uh, Gerard and I are talking to the rent-a-car person. Like, she was a lovely lady. Amazing and, woman. Uh, so sweet. And she tells us that, you know, what's really beautiful is the eastern side of the island. You should check out Hana. And we're like, okay. Dope. You know, thinking we're just going to take this highway and just go Drive. and see. It's going to be great. Yeah. This whole beautiful thing that was going to take... Maybe two hours. Yeah, it said it was going to be a straight line. (laughs) There's going to be two lane bridges everywhere. Right? Am I right, ladies? There was over 100 one lane bridges. Oh wow! Like so, like you're just driving, and and the highway was called 360. For a reason, because these turns going through the mountains. Like you thought Monterey turns were bad. You thought Monterey turns were bad. Try going to Hana. One lane bridges, and, and it was actually easier at night because although you couldn't tell if you were going to drive off the face of a mountain, you could at least see the oncoming cars. <laughs> see, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, it was like right on the edge, like Destiny said, right on the edge of a mountain. Yeah. So, like the amount of space between you and flying off of that, one was, inch. Like one you inch. really, if you are one bad turn. One miscalculated turn, and you're dropping. Yeah. That's it. I will say, like, for as treacherous as it was, it was Absolutely also one of the gorgeous. most beautiful drives. Absolutely. All these so he falls. Drove the night. I drove the day. Like, that night, as the sun was setting, and, like, that was the full moon. That was the harvest moon. So, like, gorgeous. we got to see the moon rising coming up over the water. Oh. The water is so incredibly blue. It, it, it hurts. <laughs> the one thing we also have not talked about is the, the rent-a-car lady did not mention that it is a rainforest. Oh, yeah, we no. drove through a freaking rainforest. I mean, like it's it's you're it's a in tropical island. It's right? a tropical island it's in the middle of technically islands. Southeast Asia. How do you not realize? <laughs> I know, man. But we're like we're driving through this rainforest, and it's just like we're just like we're waiting for mo- like like baboons or monkeys just to jump on the roof of the car. Like it's <laughs> just like we're just like where are we? What are we doing? And we're just like white knuckling it like these, these turns around the mountain. It's insane. And then we finally get to Hana, and we're thinking it's like a metropolitan city on the eastern side of the island. No, it's one road, like like ten <laughs> one businesses. One gas station, and it's oh like one everything restaurant. Everything closes and at 7 p.m. Mo- everything closes at 7 p.m. There's one restaurant yeah. and many food trucks, and that's it. One hotel. One so hotel. That, that was wild. And then the next Except day, for Hotel Pacifica. Yeah, we slept on the beach in Hotel Pacifica. Yeah, yeah we slept on the beach in Hotel Pacifica. Christ. Beachfront property. Chrysler. No, no, no. Chrysler. Christ slur. Slur. <laughs> That's going to be my next band. Oh, Jesus. Man. <laughs> Any black metal guys out so there, was, you want a band name idea? I just gave that one for you. The show at the, at the record store that night, though, the next night was incredible. It was 
such a young scene oh my God. of such inclusive kids. They were like bringing their friends in off the sidewalk and like everybody knew everybody and like all the kids were the nicest. And Amazing. It was all for a good cause. At, uh, request music in uh, Waluku. Cool. If we wanted to book a show in New Jersey, I would have had to literally pull somebody's teeth out of their head to make that show happen. Yeah. And it was amazing. Amazing. And the local promoter, Gannon, uh, Gannon yeah, with the Luke such Sounds a nice guy. He plays in a band called The Minorities, like a hardcore punk band. And uh, Gannon was so cool. He pretty much said that what's great about the scene is pretty much he'll make a flyer. And then he just has, like, he sends it to, like, a group chat or whatever with a lot of the young kids in the area. And then he says he doesn't have to promote anything. He said he used to really do, like, a lot of flyers and handbills. But he says now the kids, they just text it to each other. They share it. They do it. And there's this huge youthful scene of all ages, crowd and stuff. And the one thing that Gannon also said that's neat is it's, like, 60% like female-dominated. Which is wild wow. because it's always, you know, in the U.S., it's always a sausage fest, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. So it'd be like, it's like here we are on Hawaii, and, and there's all these there's like all these young girls that are passionate about music, and they yeah. just all bought our merch, and we're so nice and kind. Usually on they're the like, East they Coast, they want to start bands, they and they they're bands. running things there, and they're like they're so nice and inclusive to one another, and I was like. You guys are teenage girls, right? Like, on the on the East Coast, all the teenage girls do. They're like, "Oh well, you don't you don't know this band. Well, then you're not cool enough to come to my show." Yeah, they were such. They were great. Kids. Yeah, the, these kids like, hey, everybody go to Hawaii and take notes. Everybody, everybody in New Jersey, go to Hawaii and take notes. And then, uh, and then we spent another night in the Chrysler Specific. Specific. Uh, Could you be a little more Pacific? In the Specific Ocean. Ocean. Uh, We kept we kept calling it the Specifica, but anyhow. uh, And then we went to the airport, and it was pretty rad. That was pretty simple. Uh, that was again another quick TSA. Yeah, all the airports on Hawaii are open air, so it's like you go through an open air TSA, and then you go to your lobby, which is also Except for that just sh- under a covering, and then your airplanes there. You like walk down the tarmac as you play. The last one we definitely walked say, down the tarmac. Know, I would like to say one thing: it was a very smooth transition, except for the schmuck that was rushing us into oh, all right this guy he was just like the cattle herder he's like go there's on, no one go, at the airport and no, no one, one behind us he's like you need like to have your baby. id in your hand and you need to like put your bags over here you're just like he was rushing us i was like i just got i just woke up it's <laughs> 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 like the dude at the audition like thank you thank you thank you say thank you thank you yeah, go get the fuck out of here thank set you set your bags down here but also grab your id even though you have your hands full of bags and guitars then just and make it magically drops. appear in your hands for all i care yeah, just, yeah, let me just just get me out, out. And like here let me just just get out of here bend man. over and pull it out of my ass for you yeah. like for real. it's very chicago i was like you're you're at the hawaiian airport you shouldn't even show up for work on time give me some coke uh, give me the mounds give me some yeah so we boarded another flight we played at <laughs> Kilo town market on the big island so that was yeah. another big, that was yeah, so awesome. huge, all, all sorts of kids coming out and just like going Kilo crazy for all the music. Strong, like kids scene in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, like Hilo was another where it was an all ages show. 
very like uh, teenage and like like female like girl like, like all these young girl, girls are coming out and they're just like man like, I love your music and it's like, scene, like I never hear that back home yeah, <laughs> no. yeah uh, Alan from El Sancho had got us the show and El Sancho is a big uh, punk band on the island they were supposed to play with us that show but the drummer yeah, the got drummer pneumonia got yeah I know the drummer got pneumonia. it's like that's a yeah. solid reason to call out bro right yeah um, uh, yeah. I walk really, it off, bro. <laughs> El Sancho's really cool though. They've been uh, doing a lot of stuff where they uh, they played with the Super Suckers and I, they played with Team Bottle Rocket and the Coffin Cats when they've been coming. Did in they the just big play island. with Fear? I and think MDC yeah, too? yeah, yeah. I think I'm not sure if that. Yeah, I think that there are a bunch of people at that show with Fear, MDC, and El Sancho yeah. show yeah. Uh, shirts. <laughs> yeah, so it was a bummer we didn't get to play with El Sancho, but at least Alan from El Sancho helped set everything up, and he was super cool. That's awesome. And, he really liked um, us. No, I think. Yeah, Hawaii was an incredible experience, and uh, also even Ocean View, which was a smaller show, but like everyone in the crowd from like I think there was a four year old all the way up there was to a like four year olds there were like 60 year olds 70 year olds everyone was on the lawn dancing and wow, so that was cool. a really fun it's, yeah like it was cool it was a crazy toothless guy doing what I usually <laughs> do in stage diving with nobody to catch him <laughs> yeah, <and cartwheels. laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like when I was talking to Alan from El Santo that I wanted to do a, like a sun I wanted to do as many shows as possible and we were playing a Sunday and he was like, well, I could get you this thing in Ocean View. They made it like a, spag- a Sunday spaghetti dinner, which was pretty Huge plates hilarious. of spaghetti. It yeah, was great. Spaghetti. spaghetti dinner. It's like, what did you have on... What did you have on Hawaii spaghetti? Oh, so so did you eat a lot of coconuts? Did you have a? I will say, we did get one Hawaiian pineapple oh back in Maui. It was crap. the best... Pineapple, I think like any of us have ever like, eaten like in our entire life. When I ate it, I was like, "This, this is too much flavor." What's happening? <laughs> I've, I've never had a better pineapple. I've never had a better pineapple. Than a it pineapple was worth the seven dollars, like oh, super yeah. inflated. Yeah, we thought it was two. We thought it was like a buck fifty nine for the whole thing. It was like eighteen dollars pineapple in Oklahoma, you know, and it was no, it was two dollars a pound. So right, it was yeah. worth it. Everything yeah. in Hawaii is expensive. Oh, oh my god! We picked them right here, man. They're like, yeah, we got to sell them. Dude, we we go into every single restaurant. The cheap, like a hot dog for eight dollars like just a plain hot dog for eight dollars and it's probably just a a little sabrette bro i found a grilled cheese for 12 (laughs) my my life hack my life hack while on the big island and just being in hawaii in general was i got kids meals from mcdonald's hey it got it's got nutrition it's got milk i mean dude you could have used my points and have an adult meal or you're not tall enough for that he only eats kids meals Hey man, I am kid size, all right. But um, he's travel size for your convenience. He fits in your sock drawer. I can fit in a carry-on. <laughs> I mean, but realistically, we could ship him across the country, probably. and nobody would know until we play the show. <laughs> but uh, but no, nah, that was that was pretty much the thing. Like the one of the only affordable places on Hawaii was going to McDonald's because so many of the like like people always say eat local or like shop local. And that's great if you're on like, like vacation. On vacation and you're if you if you are every other tourist in Hawaii that like you know afford twenty five dollar burgers. Of beans at the Walmart though, because we did go to a Walmart in every well, I guess there's one Walmart on yeah. Maui. Uh, we went there, 
and the beans were a dollar a can still. So yeah. we got canned beans. So that was beans. good. We, we ate canned beans, beans on the beach in beans. Maui. Bottles <laughs> of beans and baked beans. There were even like Bush's baked beans there. So, you know, I was That happy. was actually, I'll say that was really funny. Bringing oh, up the bean thing. Things. When we were doing that Hana Highway through the rainforest, we stopped at like an overpass, like view thing, like like a little view center. Oh God, you make me ill. And I took, like, I was taking <laughs> photos of my can of beans with the tropical scenery oh in the God. background, and these other beans like, across America. Yeah, these other tourists were cracking up, and they're like, "Are you taking photos of your beans?" In front of the jungle. And what, like, doesn't everybody yeah. take photos of their beans in I front of the jungle? Come on, guys. Mind your beans I... <laughs> this. They were from New Jersey, though. <laughs> 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 of all the states. <laughs> uh, I was Bad, Look at these Jersey-style Johns. What are they doing with those Johns? What are they doing with those Johns? Oh, you're Johns? from Jersey? We're from Jersey, too. That's for But uh, it was just, it was, I thought it'd be hilarious just to eventually one day I'll make a post and just say that, I have eight beans around the world, and it's have all the cans of beans. Around the world, <laughs> <and> beans. <laughs> around yeah, the world, and kippy beans. That's what should be a collage of them on, like your back cover. Of your uh, around the around <laughs> the Our world in one hundred cans. Be, the beat will be ratty McBeaners. It'll just be a rat with a bean shape. We definitely body. need a rat ratty McBeaners. That's terrible. Uh, I guess we're probably getting close to time, but we've got six more weeks of winter we're going to europe in a couple of weeks we got a tour all the way back across the u.s and then fly out of trenton to berlin and so do a month there is that so six weeks in the u.s and then another no, month? no. Two, two weeks six weeks of tour so two weeks left two weeks kind of zigzagging our way back up to gotcha. jersey then yeah, we fly so out a year a month. Uh, pretty much yeah and then a month in europe <laughs> so yeah that we, makes Two months here in the states, mm-hmm. then yeah. that you kind of traversed and around, month. and then one month in Germany, yeah. yep. or not Germany, and yeah, Europe. in like yeah. August twenty fifth to November twentieth. Yeah, that's like our tour was August twenty fifth. Aren't you November glad 20th. you signed on with us? Yeah, don't speak too fun. soon. Hopefully you're south because it'll be warmer. No, um, we're gonna be <laughs> so. You're gonna go to Europe when it's cold, and we want to do it the hard way. Yeah, it's well, no, we're like, so. It's only gonna be in the 30s in Germany, and I think that Poland might be the farthest north we go. We're not hitting Scandinavia this tour. So. No, I wish. No. But the big in the thing summer, is, don't do Scandinavia. It's still hot as balls. The big thing is with uh, so everybody likes to say that like climate change might not be real or that there isn't global warming. Well, we have been all over the country. And there is definitely climate change because I remember when we it was were. Colder. I told him September in Florida is still hot, and he's like, "Well, no, it's fall. It gets." He totally jerked yeah, yeah, yeah. like, Dude, the first tour I that I went with you guys, it was sept- it was hot. October in Florida, and it was uh, like even in North Carolina, we we went outside. It was like sixteen degrees in the yeah, middle of the night. Like, did you say sixteen? Okay, maybe not sixteen. The van ate any, my only pair of pants. But anyhow. Uh, the big thing was we've been sweating our heinies off like for most sweat. of the year. I'm too big of a man. Because we were like we went I'm out. Too hairy of a man. Mexico, <laughs> we sweat our asses off. Hawaii, oh we sweated God. our asses off. This entire tour, it was just the south of the U.S. So to you, finally go up to to Europe and be, like freeze our freeze our asses off and finally just like I can't wait to complain about the heat again. <laughs> we, were, we were in like May and June and stuff when we we did like a tour out to Central Canada and stuff like that 
and it was just so hot. Like even going through the Midwest and stuff, that was the show that Felix was talking about earlier in Lincoln, Nebraska, where it was so hot. It was nothing compared to Matamoros. See, in, in, in Matamoros, at the very least, I had a fan on me, so it didn't feel like the hottest show. <laughs> play, I but I, I I weep for these guys. Nah, I, I, I definitely like. I got the worst headache of my life, and I don't think I could really move my muscles all that well. That was a lot of sweating. You're ridiculous. At least at least I, they have. Anyhow, <laughs> in an on a positive note, we are really excited to go to Europe, and honestly, all of us are kind of excited to freeze because we've oh, been yeah. so hot. All year that I just want to go somewhere. We all want to go somewhere where it's just we can chill in the van and not have to worry about sweating bullets. <laughs> Listen, my entire wardrobe is built for like fall, winter, and spring. I was not a, I was never a summer child. Leather weather, here we go. Leather come. weather and sweater weather. Yeah, we can like, finally pull it around. I, I completely forgot this jacket existed before we came back. <laughs> It's been, I will say, it's been an incredible experience, though. Like, going to Hawaii and finally playing our 50th state. Um, There is this lovely gentleman named Isaac that presented us with our uh, All 50 States certificate uh, at the Kona Airport in Hawaii. We are now in the All 50 Club. And now we are officially in the All 50 Club. Get your heart out, Brian Seth. Oh, not uh, George Thorgan. Everybody gets those same. two confused. Listen, I mean, they're not, but like yeah. they're the same. Anyhow, though, um, same difference. It's cool because we've. Uh, I know that. I think Gerard looked it up. That uh, I think like point two percent. Point two percent. Two percent of Americans go to all fifty states. Point two. So it's yeah. I'm nowhere near. Yeah. Like, I I don't even know if I've hit half of the fifty states, let alone. You just sign that. up for a tour with these idiots. Right? And you'll be in another country. Oh, yeah. I mean, most <laughs> people in our hometown have visited one, and it's the one they're in right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can deal with the madness, like, you'll probably see damn near half the country or more. It'd be a better way because now that I think about my less than half, a lot of those states were probably airports. Like, uh, I've been to. M- couple airports in Minnesota, but I haven't actually been in Minnesota. Oh, I haven't down. seen it from anywhere oh, besides God. the airport. Go to Minnesota. Yeah. I don't know if that counts. You know, St. Louis. Rats. I've been in St. Louis's airport. St. Louis's airport? <laughs> I've been in uh, uh, Georgia. I've been in Atlanta's airport. I don't know how many times. Never actually got outside the airport, Delta, though. You went to <laughs> And yes, Delta and Atlanta. That's the Salt Lake to Las Vegas. There's a stop in Atlanta. (laughs) Yep. No, uh, in St. Louis, when you ever find yourself back out that way, hopefully, if you have time to, you know, investigate the city and not just the airport, uh, the coolest museum in the United States. It's called the City Museum. It's in St. Louis. Yeah, it's called the City Museum, and it's a fully like immersive art. That's cool. Museum. So. The whole thing feels like you're going through other dimensions and other worlds. Like it's so creative, and you feel like you're in a video game. There, there's so many things, and it's just, it's just. And there's even stuff up on the roof. Like you, you turn a corner, and then you're in ancient Greece, and then you're in a cavern, and then you're. And then in there's like this an old like movie theater, gigantic then, organ. 
<laughs> with all with all the pipes still intact, and then like, and you go up on the roof, and there's like all these like gigantic slides. They oh had to, God, and the view from the go. roof, the view from the roof is incredible. They had to drag me off of the roof about. because there was a storm coming, <laughs> and I like taking photos of storms. And before <laughs> they closed the roof because of the lightning, so they had to basically drag me off because I was too busy taking yeah, photos of the storm. Like, she was like looking at like yes. stray dog, like come on, boy. Come on, come on. The storm is coming. Come on, come on. I know the storm is coming. That's exactly why I want to stay here. Oh, this is a storm. Anyway, thank you so much for having us. No, absolutely. No, that was really cool. Thank you for stopping again. And maybe in a less than, I don't know, what are your future tour plans? Obviously, you got to get the ones in front of you done, but. I mean, listen, we could probably do a uh, a finally non-in-person one. See, 50 states in less than 50 days in a few years when a label is crazy enough to back them. Yeah, we don't yeah. we don't want to do that without some label support because there'd definitely be a lot of plane flights and like promotional logistics and we're gonna water. take yeah, especially when you come out here i mean you drove five and a half six hours from vegas to here which yeah. is relatively That's short relatively to your next journey is going to be yeah. about eight hours and after then from there you yeah. probably got about the same well after so. this after this tour is over we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna do some stuff in december and january and we're going to do like another European tour in like the late spring, winter, early spring. spring, and then we're taking the rest of 2024 off to to write and record. Uh, yeah. So we'll be not on hiatus, but we'll be hiatusing from tour for a little bit. So yeah, we want to take because don't feel too is, bad. You'll see us eventually. Over the last <laughs> over the last ten years of being a band, it was really just kind of working towards just being some type of. Uh, you know, working, marketable, touring act, you know. But we don't really have this huge discography yet. So a uh, big thing we want to do is we've, we've toured so much, we have built a following, you know, coast to coast and in some other countries now and soon to be even more countries. But we want to take some time to really record a bunch of records because we have an album that's been in the works we were talking to you about last year. Believe us and when we say we will have an actual oh, full-length out. Yeah, we will soon. have an actual full-length. Um, it should be out by next summer. Finally, it's looking. And uh, hopefully it might even get picked up by someone, but we're just working with a lot of logistics. And definitely uh, the next time we're probably on the SLC Punkcast, maybe we'll be through Skype or Zoom or whatever. It'll be in like Australia or it something. It can be in person. Feel free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll see how, hey, I'll see how that flight is. We, we it's because Dustin smells issue. bad. <laughs> we haven't had an issue dropping in yet, so... Right? Yeah, I know that if we are, if and when we do make it back out this way, it might be sometime in 25 because yeah. we do want to do an extensive Canadian run in 2025 and we want to go out to Alaska so maybe when we're on our way we'll back, dip we'll south. Have, you know, but until then, south. you know, thank you again for having us. No, and thank you for absolutely. Us so have you thought about this? Only follow up I have. You told the whole story, but have you thought about some kind of nightmare would be a great band? But touring, I mean, obviously the tours that you guys have done would be yeah. quite a commitment from somebody else. So it might take 10, <laughs> 10, 20 shows or something from one band and another. But like journey with. Somebody else on tour, when another band. Oh, you mean like play in another band? So for or? no, 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 no. Like take the, Houston and the Dirty Rats. We'll, we'll HDR and Scon and the big tour in the same van or together, and we play yeah. show and show and so show and so forth. So we don't 
we a lot of times we haven't done that because there's within the underground circuit there's not a whole huge pool of funds you know like sure. it's not a whole lot of money sometimes it's hard to tour with another band but we have thought about doing it we're actually going to be doing it for the first time in January we're going to be touring with uh, I I play bass in this ska band called Trying to Get By which is based out of Chicago. It has uh, Tyler Miller's, it's like his band. He like records all the instruments and trying to get by. And then he needs people to play with him live. And I did a tour with him last year. He even also, like Tyler's a uh, hired gun road warrior. He's been playing with Public Serpents for like a year now. So like anyhow, Tyler's super cool. And he asked me if he wanted us to help be part of his live band. And then if he if we wanted to do a tour, we're trying to get by as the Dirty Rats. So we're gonna be doing a trying to get by Dirty Rats tour this uh, winter down to Florida for like Sanford Punk Fest, cool and stuff. So that'll be the first time we ever do it. Helps been, when all the members are in the same two bands. Though. Yeah, I mean <laughs> we're probably gonna all they like only share need a one band. Million each, so. yeah. I I think trying to get by. Well, they they need a keyboard player. So yeah, like I'm much, just I'm gonna be with Houston and trying to get yeah, by. Yeah, it's pretty much like Felix is gonna play keys for that, and then I'm gonna play bass, and then. I think Tyler's just going to be bringing in him and like a drummer, so we'll just have like the five of us in the band cool. for for a few weeks and trying yeah. to get by with the dirty rats. Yeah, the dirty rats trying to get by. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be that'll be neat. And then, uh, like I, yeah, we're just excited to just you know, it's always what's next, you know, just like not in like a depressing way of like oh. I'm not happy. What's no? It's just no. Like, that's like hopeful. The, that's like, the first like, question you, you should ask yourself every morning. What now? Yeah. Ugh. You know. This <laughs> <laughs> again. Oh God! But, I have to exist another day. Oh boy. Same rats, different day. <laughs> same rats, different day. Yeah. Same rats, different tour. <laughs> Sorry, Des. We love you. But not Thank for you six for more everything. Weeks. <laughs> you still have the same tour for six more weeks. Yes. Yep. It's gonna feel like a completely different tour, though. Yeah, different atmosphere. Yeah, nice. we're so excited for the European thing. It's like a whole new animal. Uh, I played guitar for Doc Rotten earlier this year on their European tour, so I had a little bit of the experience, but I'm really excited to bring the Dirty Rats over there and just, you know, make connections, do things. Like Felix mentioned, we do want to see, like we're doing one month this year. We want to try and do two months next year. We're still seeing it. it might be in the spring it might be in the summer because with a lot of people we'll meet now they might be able to get us on some festivals so right. if we can get on some european festivals we might end up going over more so next summer cool and because that'll like, be fun yeah because we it's just like the goal if you play europe in summer yeah. right so like we like we were saying like we definitely want to take a lot of time to record but it's like after we do that tour with trying to get by it might be nice to just chill and be like, all right, we're just going to lay low for like a few months and then we're going to play European festivals. Hell yeah, you know. Right. So that might be what's ending up happening next year. So We'll see what happens. We're just excited. It's a whole new frontier. I've had a lot of people comment online since we just played all 50 states. They're like, what's next? And we're like, the EU, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's what's next. Yeah. World domination. That's the goal. World domination. You know, we, we keep talking like... That's what our group we chat always, is called. Yeah. <laughs> we always like to plan ahead. So, you know, like in uh, in 26, I was saying like 25, we want to do some extensive Canada stuff and Alaska again. 
eventually right. we'll, we're trying to try and uh, break through New Zealand and Australia and eventually yeah. Asia. We want to do New Zealand. We want to do Australia. We want to look into uh, like South Korea. Literally and, like, everywhere Indonesia. in Timbuktu is where yeah. he wants to go. We, everywhere we, in Timbuktu. We actually Timbuktu. want to eventually figure out how to play Timbuktu. The actual city of Timbuktu. Same, like, like oh, I've been everywhere in Timbuktu. Like We want to actually play Timbuktu. You sure you don't want to play Katmandu? <laughs> <laughs> We could do that too, <laughs> but uh, that might actually be easier to get to. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of like I feel uh, like Dustin. Have you ever watched Backstage Passport with no effects? Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe um, do it in a little less of a shit show fashion, but their production's so much larger. Like if you're just playing like a gig, like it won't be like yeah. massive. Like yeah, but that was. Oh like, yeah, we booked China and we don't speak any Chinese. We don't have translators. Yeah, no, <laughs> with us. Uh, the whole thing is that one day, uh, it's just I think that some bands they think that they can't travel if they're not this big band. But when I when I was younger and I saw Backstage Passport with no effects, I was like, you know what? No matter what, I want to take my silly little band from New Jersey and let's just travel the world. Like, why can't we do all silly this cool little stuff, band in know? a silly little van? Even if we're not, even if we're not no effects, like why can't we go to these outlandish like places and play gigs? And stuff? <laughs> so that's just what we're doing. We're starting to kind of like hopefully when we get a bunch of records out over the next few years there will be maybe more of a demand who knows uh but we just want to travel the world playing music and we're gonna and we're gonna we already played 50 states right you know we're all under 30 like so. we said what countries? now yeah. why not 50 countries why not all, all of the countries and antarctica why not we're coming countries? for you metallica <laughs> we're coming for you we're gonna beat you <laughs> yeah he told me that apparently metallica played antarctica and i'm like whoa just so they could say they played all what? seven continents yeah i mean they they had to do it in like this dome and with headphones on because they any like live acoustic instruments it would like cause the ice to crack but they so they had everybody in this tiny little dome ha, packed metallica together and like turned down yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> I was thinking too. Um, I don't know if well, last time we were here, did uh, that was before I think we went to Alaska, right? I think so. I think you were going to be heading that direction. Yeah, yeah I think it was we were the, heading to Alaska. Well, we we went to Alaska the first week of October, and we were interviewed like the last week of September. Yeah. So like, yeah. So, yeah. so I was going to say that was a wild experience. We can tell. Uh, you I know it was Alaska definitely warm. Like. like I said, the garage door. We had the garage door open. It was nice, bright, sunny. Yeah, yeah. Late morning. We drank so much coffee and, and then that so many donuts. <laughs> And then <laughs> the show showed up on the last podcast. That was funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was like, what is that sound? I think we might even had a pause it because the garbage truck was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> it like, timed really well. Oh, yeah. man. But, uh, hilarious. No, it was, Alaska was really wild. I wasn't sure. I thought I'd maybe tell you, like, that was just a beautiful, like, we drove, we played Anchorage and we also played Fairbanks. Both and twice. Just, and just the drive, Dustin, to go from Anchorage to Fairbanks was surreal. Like, that was the one thing where, with some of the stuff we've done, it's just amazing that our music has brought us to these places and it makes us able to do these amazing things because scenery we just saw in Hawaii and the scenery we saw in Alaska, and it's just amazing. You know, we're so thankful to be able to do this and all the people that support what we do and let us sleep on their floors and eat our canned beans, you know, <laughs> like we're, we're just happy for the ride, you know, and, um, 
Seen many faces, been to many places. We don't have any plans to stop anything. And rock them all. And rock them all. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my cowboy hat? Anyway. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you for joining, and I look forward to the next time. Thank you so much for having us, man. Onward and upward, right? (laughs) Ever onward and upward. Like, uh, hopefully next time we come through, we'll have our album out, and you'll be able to, we can talk about that. That'd be great. Looking forward to it. But until then, you've been listening to SLC Punkcast. Houston, Gerard, Felix, and Destiny for joining. Great interviews. Great to have them here. And that track right there, like I was talking about at the beginning or before the interview, passed me by off of the Rad EP, came out 2017. And yes, Houston Dirty Rats, both Instagram, Facebook. Nice and easy to find. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview. And we got just a few bands that we'll play, and then we'll wrap up the show. Uh, We're going to play first the band 13 Cavities, they're from Philadelphia, PA. Also, just like Some Kind of Nightmare played that 10-year anniversary show with Houston and the Dirty Rats. Haven't played this band before, so looking forward to doing so. Their newest release, Serious Dental Work, at least that's what's on the band camp, newest release, uh, is coming up on a year old. It's November 19th of 2022. The band is found at 13 Cavities on both Instagram and Facebook, and that's 1-3-Cavities. And very aptly titled, Serious Dental Work. I mean, I, I kind of had that recently, but fortunately, none of my teeth broke. So I didn't really have any teeth work as far as dental work goes. But the, the jaw had to be reconstructed, the upper jaw anyway. So a little serious dental work for me. <laughs> uh, 13 Cavities, we're going to check out their track called The 1% Probably Tastes Like Shit. Why wouldn't we? What a great name. What a great track. Let's do it. Here goes with 13 Cavities. 
great stuff from Philly. That's 13 Cavities. Next up, we're going to play two more bands. The first is the Oitakus. I think that's how you say it. The Oitakus. Oitakus. Uh, they are from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I believe they played with Houston Dirty Rats over the summer. And then again, they played with them uh, during their tour after they left Salt Lake City. Uh, on October 31st of 2022, the band released How to Date an Anime Girl EP. Uh, in case you're unfamiliar with the band, they're a spiky-studded, robo-bastard, anime-themed street punk band. Uh, they are found on both Instagram and Facebook at Oitakus Punks, and that's O-I-T-A-K-U-S-P-U-N-X. It's the same on both, so check them out there. Uh, we are going to check out the track from that EP called Oi Oi Fight the Power. So enjoy it. Here goes. How to date an anime girl. Step one, you can't. <laughs> The wood, the rain comes beneath. Let's see you with the sea. Do the impossible, drink the undrinkable. Oi, oi, fight the power. Give the constable because we are unstoppable. Oi, oi, fight the power. Forget the system, just shoot your shot. Oi, oi, that's the truth, not to be forgotten. No more games, time to fight for your life. Fight the power, that's the Oitakis. Love the, the pogo punk rock, great stuff. Uh, we're about to wrap up the show. Just one more track to go. Uh, the band that we're going to play to wrap up the show is Orphan Riot. We've played Orphan Riot before. Great band, and they are from Burlington and North Carolina. Played all a bunch of their tracks, so I went back to their EP 37. That's number 37 that they released October 22nd of 2022. Pick a track that we haven't played yet. It's called The Pawn. Uh, in case you're unfamiliar, the band started in 2017. They're at Orphan Riot on both Instagram and on Facebook. So go check them out. This is a great band. They played with Houston and the Dirty Rats as well. So we are going to play that track, The Pawn, and wrap up the show. Here goes. <laughs> Nothing new. One more chance to turn the tides. One more chance to put it. 
Just a Pawn in the Game, great track. That's Orphan Rag. Go check out 37. Go check out their other tracks. Devil's Work, Forever Family, both great, both newer. Uh, Devil's Work came out under a year ago. So go check them out again. Thank you to Houston and the Dirty Rats. Uh, thank you for standing by. Hopefully you've found plenty of other cool stuff to check out, but it's time for us to get back on. We've got a lot of great music to get to. Eric, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. <laughs> it's been several weeks, about four or five weeks since we've put out our last episode. So never had a break like that ever. Uh, even when one of us would be going out of town or something like that, we would record ahead of time. So uh, definitely different. I apologize for how I sound. Eric can help carry us on some of the other episodes over on Punkinoy Worldwide. I've got new episodes coming out there too. Try to let more of the music do the talking than me, but uh, we will get there. So enjoy it. Look out for those. Power Radio, we're going to be making some changes there, uh, additions, maybe get some live DJs going. So go check that out as well, and we'll see you on the next one. Play the fucking outro. Outro. <laughs>